Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lentz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's program, you can learn more about us, our free events, how to donate, the podcast, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 called Carnal or Growing about the spiritual growth of the church. Look at chapter 2 for a second. There are three kinds of people that Paul identifies that um, kind of sum up humanity. In verse 12 of chapter 2, it says this, 1 Corinthians 2, 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things freely given to us by God. There is the spiritual person or the person who has the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 14. But a natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. He cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual, verse 15, appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no man. So in verse 14, you have a natural man. You might want to circle that in your Bible or highlight that. In verse 15, you have the spiritual man or the spiritual person able to appraise all things. And then Paul sums that up by saying, For who, ha- who has known the mind of the Lord that he should instruct him? But what do we have? We have the mind of Christ. Now, if you've studied the life of Christ and you've watched him in action, there's some good ways to sum up what his thought life or his mind look like. In fact, he said, I always do those things that what? Please my father. The Bible says that he knew what was in man, so he didn't really entrust himself to man. And he even, the the disciples that he poured himself into for three, three and a half years, he even knew what was in them. He knew that they would fail. He knew that they would make mistakes. He knew that they would deny him, that they would run away on that Uh, night of his passion, when his passion began. He knew that Peter would deny him, though Peter was very confident. When we have the mind of Christ, here's what this means to me. To have the mind of Jesus is to want to focus on the things that please the Father and not put too much stock in the world and don't put too much stock in people. (laughs) People will inevitably disappoint you whether outside the church or inside the church. We have to have this mindset of Christ, always wanting to do those things that please the Father. And then another aspect of Jesus' life is trying to love people even at their worst, right? You know, a woman caught in the act of adultery, someone who made a mistake, a leper, an outcast, whoever it may be, his surprising and amazing love. This is the mindset of of Christ. Have this attitude in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What was his attitude? That of a servant. So when we are putting on the mind of Christ, it is about serving God and about serving others. It is about seeing life from heaven's perspective. That's what it means to have the mind of Christ. Now, two different types of people in chapter 2. A natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit. 
He cannot make good appraisals. He can't make proper appraisals, what we looked at last time, because he doesn't know how to place value where value really is from the mindset of God. So a natural man doesn't get it, and we understand that. When we're talking to a non-Christian, they don't get the concepts that we understand by the Spirit and with our knowledge of Scripture. A spiritual person is able to appraise everything from heaven's point of view, able to place value where value really lies, on eternal things, on the beauty of the things of God and how God would have us to look at life. There's a third person mentioned in chapter 3, and it is a carnal Christian. And I, brethren, could not speak to you, chapter 3, verse 1, as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh or carnal as to babes in Christ. Now I will tell you that this third category has received a bit of debate. There are certain people in the church over time who have said, there is no such thing as a carnal Christian. You are either a Christian or you're not. You're either spiritual or you're not. I will tell you that even though sometimes that can sound pretty compelling, they could say that a carnal Christian, a fleshly Christian, a worldly Christian is a contradiction in terms. I'm still going to argue that it's a real category based upon chapter 3. Because the Bible teaches that there's such a thing as a carnal or worldly Christian. So you have a spiritual person, you have the natural man, the spiritual man, and a carnal Christian. Now right out of the gate, I would ask you, as we study this, which do you think you are? Now, some of you might say, well, sometimes I'm spiritual, Pastor Michael, and sometimes I'm carnal. It depends on what time of the day it is. What, what's going on in my life? What freeway traffic looks like? How people are responding to me at work and at home? I feel you. But the biggest thing to remember about these categories is not whether or not you ebb and flow in and out of them at times. But ultimately, what you are characterized by in the big picture. If someone watched you all week, would you be characterized as spiritual, as natural, or as carnal? If we followed you with a video camera for a week, what would we document? Of course, it would have to be a hidden camera because we'd be on our best behavior if we knew the camera was there, right? So this is about big picture themes Big strokes, because we all know we make mistakes. We all know we fall short. We all know we would like to be at one level, and sometimes we find ourselves at a lower level. We, we understand that, but I'm talking about the sweeping ideas of what you are known as from the big picture perspective. And so Paul breaks into the teaching, carnal or growing. Look at verse 1, chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, chapter 3, verse 1, but as to men of flesh, King James says carnal, ESV says people of the flesh, as to babes in Christ. Let's read from the NIV. It says, brothers, I could not address you or talk to you as spiritual, but as worldly, mere infants or babes in Christ. Now, I mentioned the significant debate about whether there's such a category as a carnal Christian. I think there is, based upon this verse. And I want you to notice in verse 1 that when Paul addresses this category of person, he says, 
brethren or brothers. So he addresses them as family. Okay? So these are people who are brothers in the Lord, sisters in Christ. But he says, I can't talk to you, verse 1, as spiritual, but as men of the flesh. Mere infants, but what are they? They are infants in Christ. Now, you might want to mark that. They are in Christ, but they are babies. Now, it is legitimate to see that there is a category of a baby Christian. Amen? Someone gets saved. You get to preach the gospel to them. They respond to the gospel. Now they're a baby Christian. They've been born again to a living hope, but for some people, they know nothing. They don't know John 3.16. They don't know Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They don't know 66 books in the Bible, 39 in the old, 27 in the new. They know nothing. So when you get a brand new baby Christian, what do you have to do? You have to give them the basics. You can't expect that they're going to talk to you about, you know, major doctrines about the dual nature of Christ or the Trinity. Most of us have a tough enough time. We've been in the Lord for 30 years defining the Trinity. So we have to start with the basics and we expect babies to be babies. We don't serve a six-month-old baby a T-bone steak and just flop it on their high tray, right? Good luck with that, Junior, right? We don't throw a double-double at them. They eat breast milk, and that's what they need to grow. Or they drink milk, and that's what we expect a baby to have. That's, what, that's the nutrients they need at that stage of life. But all things being equal, if we saw a seven-year-old in our nursery with a bottle going, or a 37-year-old... <laughs> Walk by the nursery. (laughs) We're going to be concerned, right? Because there is a time to drink milk, a time to be a baby. It's an acceptable time. It's, It's acknowledged. But then there's a time to grow. And once you grow, you want to develop an appetite for the deeper things of God. Hunger is a sign of health. Milk is being served all over this town, all over this country. You can get it everywhere. In fact, most of the churches that are startup churches are serving up milk. Do you know why? Because they think that the the person that walks into a church really just wants surfacey stuff. You get them in, you get them out, and they can move on with their normal life. That's not what we're doing here. We believe that There's a time for milk, but then there's a time to grow up. And if you're hungry to go deeper this morning, praise God. Because there's a time to move on from milk to the deeper things. Now, I'm not saying milk isn't appropriate for some situations, but there's a time to move on. How long, you know, just taking a normal baby, mothers tell me, how long does a baby probably survive on milk? What would you say? Yell it out. A year? Two years? Maybe three? Okay. Paul had planted this church about five years before this. And he got a report from Chloe's people that they were fighting and arguing. They had partisan, uh, you know, factions and they were divided and they were arguing over silly, stupid things. They were not being a light 
in the town or in the city. They were acting as worldly people. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Being a parent is challenging enough with all the day-to-day stuff you experience. Waking your teen up, getting your little one to brush their teeth, Did you finish your homework? What college are you going to choose? As a Christian parent, you face an added challenge. The ideas your kids are learning at school, college, or from friends. Different ideas about life and how to live aren't bad, right? What if they contradict biblical values? How do you teach your kids? Natasha Crane is a national speaker, blogger, and author of three books whose passion is to equip Christian parents to raise kids with an understanding of how to make a case for and defend their faith in an increasingly secular world. Whether you have young kids or old kids, Natasha can give you practical answers you need. Pastor Michael Lance would like to invite you to our next free 633 event with Natasha Crane on Sunday, November 10th. Visit walkintruth.com, click on events to learn more. That's walkintruth.com, click on events. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Hunger is a sign of health. Milk is being served all over this town, all over this country. You can get it everywhere. In fact, most of the churches that are startup churches are serving up milk. Do you know why? Because they think that the the person that walks into a church really just wants surfacey stuff. You get them in, you get them out. And they can move on with their normal life. That's not what we're doing here. We believe that there's a time for milk, but then there's a time to grow up. And if you're hungry to go deeper this morning, praise God. Because there's a time to move on from milk to the deeper things. Now, I'm not saying milk isn't appropriate for some situations, but there's a time to move on. How long... You know, just taking a normal baby, mothers tell me, how long does a baby probably survive on milk? What would you say? Yell it out. A year? Two years? Maybe three? Okay. Paul had planted this church about five years before this. And he got a report from Chloe's people that they were fighting and arguing. They had partisan, uh, you know, factions and they were divided and they were arguing over silly, stupid things. They were not being a light in the town or in the city. They were acting as worldly people. And Paul says, I want to talk to you as spiritual people. I want to talk to you as a person who's walking by the Spirit, who's not carnal, who's governed by the Spirit, but I can't talk to you that way. I got to talk to you like you're a baby. I got to talk to you like you're still an infant in Christ, although by this time you should have grown. You should have grown up. And so I can't address you as spiritual, look at verse 1, but as worldly, as men of the flesh. The Greek word is sarkinos. 
It means carnal, worldly, pertaining to the flesh, and it's best characterized as a baby. A baby is very selfish. You ever seen a baby in their high chair waiting for their food with that spoon? <laughs> right? And then, and then they might throw things at you. You never know what's going to happen. We often say babies think they're the center of the universe, and they do, right? <laughs> they have demands, and they, they want things now. Ray Steadman says, Babies are delightful little creatures up to a point. <laughs> Listen, they're cute, they suck their toes, they gurgle. I love babies, but they require a lot of care. They're messy, they spit up, and they spill things. No one minds the fact that a baby acts like a baby, that's normal. But when a child turns five or ten or more and still needs to be burped, imagine that picture for a second, and bathed and have his or her diapers changed, Something is wrong. Would you flip over to 1 Corinthians 13 for a second? This is the famous love chapter, and we'll, we'll get here as we move through the book, but I want to show you something that Paul said. Remember, Paul's talking about love, and love is one of the uh, signs of maturity, selfless love. Look at verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 13. Paul says, When I was a child, 1 Corinthians 13, 11, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, Reason as a child. When I became a man, what, what does Paul say? I did away with childish things. There's a time to grow up. There's a time to be a child. There's time that, you know, marks our periods of life. Again, all things being equal. But then there's a time to grow up. There's a time to move through the seasons of life and to even celebrate those seasons, even to talk about rites of passage. As Christians, you know, we move through rites of passage, if, if you will, spiritually speaking, where we get more knowledge of God, more knowledge of Scripture, more intimacy in the relationship with the Lord. We learn more about prayer, more about witnessing, more about worship. There's a different place we are today than we have been prayerfully in the past. And Paul said, I'd love to address you that way, but you're still thinking and acting like babies. Back to chapter three. You're dominated by the flesh. They had the spirit of God living in them. They were in Christ, but they were acting like babies. Redpath says, the carnal Christian is a child of God, born again and on his way to heaven, but he is traveling third class. There's a lot of Christians that do that, sadly. They haven't grown up. They've been around the things of God for quite a long time, but they haven't grown up. And years don't always mean maturity. There are people that you can meet that have been in the church for decades, and their time as a believer does not necessarily equate with their maturity. So what does bring maturity then? Well, growth does. Getting into God's Word going deeper with him. These people were going through what I think every one of us has gone through and still goes through, the struggle with the flesh. The things that I want to do, sometimes I don't do. The things that I hate, I sometimes find myself doing. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? We know Paul then gives thanks 
to God through Jesus Christ. The victory is in Christ. See, the more you grow, the more you know you need Jesus. I need him in every aspect of my life to move my selfishness out of me, to teach me to love the way that he loves. It's such a struggle with the world, the flesh, and the devil. We all feel it. We all sense it. And the moment that we feel like we've taken two steps forward, it can often feel like we've taken three steps back. So we all can relate to that. But at some point in our lives, we have to decide that we want to grow. Paul says, I had to talk to you as though you belonged to this world. I couldn't talk to you as though you were strong in your walk with Jesus. Spurgeon says, Satan uses the power of the world and the flesh. They serve his purpose for evil well. And they are enemies to us, so we fight with spiritual weapons, God's word and God's spirit. He says, I believe the holier a man becomes, the more he mourns over the unholiness which remains in him. I'm sure you've been there before. You know, we we look at that world out there and we know sometimes we, we take more of it in than sometimes we do the things of God. And if you think that 45 minutes on a Sunday morning when you crack open your Bible for a sermon here is gonna do it, I have to tell you, it ain't. It's gonna help you But if this is the only time that you crack open the word of God, you're not going to grow. I just have to be quite candid with you. You're not going to grow beyond really just a basic immaturity unless you start opening the word of God for yourself. J. Vernon McGee in his classic style says, Most normal Christians who are doing what they're supposed to be doing stand out as extraordinary because most of the church is carnal. Wow. That's hard to take, but maybe it's what we need to hear. Paul says, I gave you milk to drink, 1 Corinthians 3, 2, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it, and indeed, even now, you are not yet able. Now, remember, Bible students, that Paul taught the Corinthians himself for 18 months. So he knows where he speaks. He had poured into them the basics of the faith for a year and a half. They had one of the best teachers that's ever walked the planet. A man who was receiving revelation of the New Testament from Jesus himself. So this man was an incredible teacher. And they had him as a teacher. He says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready, NIV. You see, milk is appropriate for a time, but you're still not ready for the meat. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and that was part one of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 called Carnal or Growing. Make sure you visit walkintruth.com to get a copy of the DVD called Trick or Treat, The Origins of Halloween. What is Halloween? Where did it come from? Should a Christian participate in any way? In this teaching, Pastor Michael will explore the history of this holiday examine some of its modern expressions, and provide some insights on how the church can best respond. Order the DVD or CD on walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, we have a question here for a pastor or any leader. When, it is, when is it time to start giving people solid food instead of babying them? Man, I think it's time for the T-bone right now, don't you? <laughs> Imagine the baby in the high chair. 
Uh, yeah, we're supposed to give them applesauce. Never mind. Strike that from the record. Hey, but I'll tell you this. You know, the analogies of a baby Christian and, and milk and solid food, it should happen pretty quickly. And it can happen simultaneously, actually, where someone can be in a new believers class, for example, getting the Christianity 101 teaching and also being challenged to go deeper. And that can happen, I think, really relatively quickly. So you know what? I'm just going to say this. I don't think it's ever a great time to baby a Christian. I think it's always a great time to bring them along and not assume that they know stuff. But I think solid food, man, sooner than later. (laughs) You know, that's, that's what we need to do. And I think that's what really grows people. Hey, I want to give you an invitation to our special night of Harvest Fest coming up this Thursday, October 31st. It starts at 530. It's at 1009 Arsenal Way in the city of Corona at Living Truth, the church behind Walk in Truth. You can download the free Living Truth app in your app store and get information and directions. It's a great thing to bring your family out to. So if you live, uh, you know, Yorba Linda, Norco, Riverside, Corona, Or if you live in L.A. and San Diego and you want to make the trek out, that's already happened. Some of our listeners have come out to events that we've done from those areas. Come on out. If you don't have anything else to do and you want to come and check it out, it's a fun night. We have food, fellowship, games, bounce houses. We're going to have pie. We're going to have uh, some just uh, neat worship and fellowship. And you can even dress up. Some people do. Dress up as a Bible character. Have some fun with it. And come on out to Harvest Fest at Living Truth. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store and you can get all the details. We'll see you here. When you tune in tomorrow, we will be listening to the second part of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 called Carnal or Growing. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walking Truth. And remember, it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people. 